All right, Wayne Knight, thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, I really appreciate your time. And of course, one of our great partners, HMI. So really pleasure to have you on the podcast here at AGI. Um, I'm gonna give folks some context here and allow you the opportunity to introduce yourself because I don't think I could do it at the scale that, that is appropriate for, for uh, to, to really get it at, at all that you are. And uh, please tell us a little bit of, about Holistic Management International when you're at it. Super. So my background is that I was a rancher in South Africa, um, grew up around holistic management and holistic management concepts. Uh, so we were running a 20, uh, an 11, about 11,000 acre property, um, bushveld, which is semi-arid, um, about 21 inches of rain a year. Um, thorny country, um, traditionally, well, historically very open country. And uh, over years of poor management, um, game that was decimated, um, lots of brush encroachment. And um, over time and using uh, holistic management principles, really focusing on what we wanted to achieve, which was growing grass, we, we increased our carrying capacity and I think the, the critical thing here is we weren't managing to, to kill brush. We weren't managing for the things that we didn't want. We really focused on, on spending money and effort on what we did want, which was to grow grass and get animal production right. And with that, over time, uh, the brush decreased and our carrying capacities grew and uh, the ecosystem was thriving, did very well with wildlife. Um, I just love holistic management from many points of view because it enabled my, my parents, my dad and me to work together. It pulled us, our two families, my, my parents and my wife and myself really, really close and, and enabled us to work together where without that, um, that foundation of shared goals, you know, I was an environmentalist wanting to fix land and my dad was a, a really brilliant stockman. And so we were often bashing heads on, well, you know, this isn't good for cattle condition and this isn't, you know, and I'm going, well, that isn't good for, for land improvement. And uh, of course, we, we both wanted the animals to do well and uh, to make a profit, but uh, I kept pushing down this, well, we'll use the animals as tools. And, you know, my dad was really kicking against that and once we had a goal and it took us a while it took a lot of effort that really opened up the way for us to um, to make some pretty significant um, changes um, and it's an incremental thing you know we, we was lots of mistakes along the way but you know when we started working together because we weren't owning ideas we were looking for the best way to achieve our combined goal we really, really got traction. And um, in the same story, we had financial hardships, uh, interest rate hikes and things, and the financial planning process that Holistic Management put out was just at the right time. We, we had an interest rate hike in South Africa, interest rates went to 28%. Um, and you know, we were bleeding, as, as you can imagine. But the the cutting back that process that um, holistic management offers you know how you're going to get through what are your priorities now what are the expenses that you really can't do without and what are those expenses that are are essential you know wealth generating expenses we call them um, we couldn't plan a profit but we could certainly plan 
our survival and we made it and and you know it was really fortuitous that we had those those things in mind um i can go on and on but that's the background uh, i joined hmi's board in about 2011 um, and spent nine years really every time i sat on that airplane from south africa <laughs> i wonder why on earth i was doing this but every time i got to the meetings and and you know, felt the energy of what the organization is doing, has been doing. I, I, I signed in for another round. So um, after a while, um, things in South Africa got tough and um, this position of executive director opened up and I decided that um, I had a lot, uh, hopefully enough to offer the organization and I'm now executive director. So really enjoying the experience and um, hopefully going to do a good job of providing other people with the, the tools and the planning processes and the monitoring processes that enabled me to make such a, a significant difference in our operation. That's an amazing story and uh, amazing work that you guys do. Uh, I wanted to talk about, I just, I just got back from a trip last month. I went to one of our members, Tweed Oak Pastures, and I got to really get my first my first time seeing regenerative agriculture firsthand and really getting to learn about everything and holistic management principles and uh, the things of the like. Uh, one of the things that was really interesting to me in uh, a lot of the work that I do around, you know, in the food systems is, is just seeing that uh, they talked about a balance between community, between land and between the animals and how all three of those systems like have to work together to to be able to to properly manage your operation right in in community talking about uh you know what what did you have access to process what what markets do you have access to and are you raising the the right things for those markets um looking at at the land and what what is your land appropriate for and and you know and how can you can you manage things within the amount of land you have what is, what is right for you and uh similarly with the animals so i, I hear a lot of a lot of these things echoed, of course, I mean, Holistic Management International, these are all holistic management principles. And um, I just wanted you to speak to that point a little bit, the balance of those of those aspects in holistic management. You know, I, I think um, a lot of times people hear HMI and they go, oh, that's grazing. And it, there, there's some really key insights and key planning processes that holistic management offers. But we cannot get away from the fact that everything that we do is people centered. And um, having worked with a number of families, a number of businesses, until the family structure, the family communication is at a place. I'm talking what's the, you know, if, if there's a lot of uncertainty about what's the future in terms of, um, succession planning and bringing in the next generation or if there's a lot of disagreement within the family about what method to use you cannot make progress uh, so you know we were at this workshop um, with uh, yesterday uh, Deborah Clark had the privilege of co-presenting with her and, and she talked so eloquently about until you have this combined goal you've taken the time to communicate articulate figure out well you know i want this and you want that and they're both really important 
but how can we achieve both of these really important things? Until we've had those conversations, and it's not easy. And I think a lot of times it's so much easier for families and businesses and spouses and different generations to, to say, well, we are production. We, we're all about producing instead of really getting down to the essence of this is what we stand for. These are our values. That's generally not a big stumbling block. It can be, but mostly it's about you want this, I want that. Now, how do we get this combined vision into a business structure and an agreement and take the time? I'm not shy to say that it took my father and mother and myself, my fiance, when we started the process, we were married when we had a goal that we were all satisfied. It took us a couple of years of backwards and forwards and frustration and anger and then release and back to frustration until we sorted it out. Uh, my dad was very much this do I get, I, I've got a farm to run, I've got things to do, don't waste my time. Um, but it was hard for him to articulate, you know, this, this conflicting thing. He wants to hand over the business to me, but he doesn't want to relinquish the power. I'm young, at the time I was young and energetic and pretty idealistic. I thought I knew what I was talking about. Having worked on ranches with high density, I got home as well, this is easy, you know, we just put the animals in one bunch and off we go. And and he could see the the train smash coming and he, he fought against it, but it also gave me the leeway to make the mistakes. But in that process, and it took a while, we, we, we forged this holistic goal and uh, that was the foundation. Without that time, energy invested in, you know, and people say, well, I know how to set a goal. We know what our goal is, but do you really know what the other people in the, in the team want? Do you really know what the other people in the team are aspiring to? And unless there's that communication, there's a blockage. Uh, all, sometimes it's you need outside intervention. What's this um, future um, business structure going to look like that can incorporate the younger generation coming in or an outside person to take over the business? The goal is fantastic, but you need professionals. Then once you've got that vision sorted out to turn it into something else or into a, a structure, but the, the, the process that uh, you go through to, to develop that holistic component of it and, and really refine it, I think, uh, is, is unique and absolutely necessary to, to, to what HMI has to offer. Now, speaking of all these wonderful things that you are able to teach people, I know that you guys have an event on finance, land, people, and animals coming up very soon. Yes, you to be able to tell folks about that because I think that's a good opportunity for them to get some of this more in-depth information to really grip it. I'm particularly excited about this um, five-day workshop. Um, Kirk Gadzi has been around holistic management for a very long time. Uh, he's got heaps of experience. He trained most of the older educators. He was involved with um, Alan Savory and um, you know, he, he's literally been all over the world lots of experience, lots of stories to tell. Um, and I'm particularly excited, not just because Kirk's there, but because we haven't done one of these um, extended workshops where you get to cover 
the different components that make up holistic management. So, you know, let's get into a grazing plan and how to actually do that. We do have an online grazing program, but teaching online grazing, it's, it's a tough thing to do remotely, being in person, being able to ask the questions and work through some case studies that enable you to really get into this when you get home. The how-tos, you know, there, there are lots of little pernickety detail that goes into a grazing plan that, that catch people up. But beyond just the grazing plan, how does that fit into the financial? And how, we've, I've talked a lot about goal setting, how does the goal setting influence the grazing plan? To have that in one unit and get a, an overall picture of how these different planning processes fit together in, an, in, a, in a workshop environment with other people asking questions. It's just this wonderful opportunity to create a learning community, to develop you know, relationships with people. And besides Kirk, we'll have uh, Linda Pishan Long. She's a rancher from Kansas. She'll be co-facilitating. And um, I can certainly tell people at the workshop about all the mistakes I've made and uh, how to avoid falling into those traps from, from my years of, of experience. Thank you for that, Wayne. And uh, I'll make sure to put some access information for folks to be able to purchase their tickets for that. It looks like it's November 7th to 11th in New Mexico. And please look in the description to get further information on how you can purchase tickets. Um, just one more thing I, I want to ask you before we get off here, because I know it's important to all our members that are listening. Um, I know you talked about this a little bit already, but just can you tell me about the full scale of how HMI can help grass-fed producers in navigating the most important challenges to them? Certainly. I think the place that, that we can help the most is we really regard the grazing planning process as an ideal tool to deal with the complexities of running a grass-fed operation. You've got so many variables that come into play. You've got variable rainfall, variable uh, forage production. You've got what to do with genetics, you know, having genetics that's suited. You might have great genetics, but how do you improve the quality of the genetics that you have to get to better. You know, how do you match the phenotype, the genotype animals that you have versus animals that you could buy in? Understanding nutrition, what are the key production points that you need to hit for, for, for cows and in their production cycle? That there are a number of monitoring points that I think get overemphasized. It's not realistic to monitor everything that we're encouraged to monitor from soil health to, I know there's just so much out there. Oh, you should be monitoring this. You can't monitor everything. What are the lead indicator points? Because monitoring is absolutely critical. Um, and, and what is the, if, you, if you're battling to get to all the monitoring points, let's stand back and look at, well, what's gonna help you make that next decision? From an from a animal productivity point of view, how can you see, how can you be sure that your animals are on track to either reconceive or get to that slaughter date? What are your options? Um, it's selection, it's supplement, supplemental feeding. 
we can help work out this, these, these critical points in, in the production process within the complexity of grazing that allow you to, to build in the flexibility, to build in the animals need to be at a certain place at a certain time. You're going on holiday, you can slack off on the density. How are we going to put that into the plan? In, from, a, from a practical grazing point of view, I incorporated things like how to manage the fire risk. I had a lot of arson in South Africa. So grazing the peripheral portions of my property so that there was less fire risk, particularly in the mountainous areas. I managed um, for bird hunting. I needed cover so that birds had food but wouldn't run. They'd sit when the, the dogs came by. I was incorporating that. Poisonous plants were part of the plan. Getting animals to critical places with less um, predator risk at certain times of the year. This planning process enables you to build in an incredible amount of complexity to incorporate um, without falling back on, oh, we, we're just going with the flow. The, the 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 planning process I think is is unique and uh, really really valuable. It saves you a lot of time. It lets you know whether your forage estimates are, are off track, so you can destock in time to avoid landing up overstocked and selling cattle or whatever livestock you have at a time of year when um, prices are low. It removes an incredible amount of stress. Because if you know what you have, you've measured, measured the forage, you've implemented a plan and the plan's on track, you're reacting. It's this real live interaction between production, uh, risk, and, and ecosystem function. There, there are very few planning processes in the grazing world that will give you that level of control and feedback that the holistic plan grazing does. Thank you, Wayne, and I, I strongly urge anybody listening to this to please go check out HMI on holisticmanagement.org and see how you can get involved with their organization and how they may be able to, to help you achieve some more success in your operation. Um, Wayne, I'm not going to let you get off of here without telling this story because you told me this story last time that I talked to you and I, I just really appreciated it. Um, you were talking about when you were a kid and you were, you were seeing someone advising you guys on the, on the brush on your property in South Africa. And you told me this story and I really loved it. And if you don't mind, I would love for you to tell that again. Well, it, it's uh, my mentor, Dick Richardson. Um, he's influenced a lot of people very positively. He's, he's now in Australia. Um, so it, it's the story of, of me as a, a young guy starting out um, and working with my parents. Uh, we had a lot of brush encroachment. I think I mentioned that at the beginning. And um, my parents really, really hated the brush, my mom in particular. And, um, you know, we, we were out on a, on a consultation. Dick was on our property. And my mom was saying, uh, look at this brush. Dick, it's such terrible stuff. It's just taking over everything. And he asked my mom, well, Wendy, tell me, you know, what are the positive points of the brush? And she said, well, uh, it's not a lot, you know, it, it makes these pods and the pods are really good in the, in the winter time. And um, we cut, we cut the, the, this brush and we make fence posts out of it. It's really hard. 
but besides that it's just a waste it just takes up space and it sucks up water and he says hold on hold on wendy look at the brush and think of it in terms of the whole property and what the property needs she looks at him confused and gets a big smile on his face and he says well Wendy, think of the brush plant as nature's way of increasing the density of the livestock on your place. So you've got a problem, you understocked. The brush has come in and it's going to make the animals concentrate their hooves in between the brush plants. That's really positive, isn't it? It means you don't have to put up nearly as much fences. I do, Dick saying, whereas he did in a grassy environment because we're just going to create that density. And that was a huge aha moment for our family because suddenly from being, oh, this is the, this is only bad, it went, well, okay, let's just not look at brush as the problem. Nature's put it here for a reason. It's here to solve a problem. It's a nitrogen fixer. It's pretty, it's, it's deep rooted, but it's not that deep rooted. It's not a deep taproot kind of thing, but and we started with this idea, we're just going to manage for grass. We're going to manage for the best grasses that we can. We're going to monitor and do the highest density of animals that we can. And hey, presto, the brush started dying. Not from being grazed, not from being bashed, not from being hammered, but because we were doing stuff to the soil and to the plants that we wanted that weren't good it wasn't good for the brush and the brush started dying on a massive massive scale um yeah it, it's a story i love to tell because it so eloquently highlights the importance of managing for what you want and if you start managing for what you want instead of spending millions of dollars on let's say brush encroachment or weed control the weeds there for a reason the weed is there because of what prior management has done most likely yourself, treating the brush and not changing your management is a big problem. But do you actually need to treat the problem? How about just investing in stuff that earns you money? Fences earn you money. Water infrastructure earns you money. Livestock, when you've got more forage, investing in livestock are just a great return on investment. Whereas weed killer and unintended consequences from herbicide very often don't give us the results we expect. Thank you so much, Wayne. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and it always is a very interesting conversation always. So I really appreciate you coming on today and giving me some of your time. Um, just want to throw this out there on this podcast. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you out on Regenerate at, uh, in November 2nd to 4th in Denver, Colorado. And uh, I will also be putting some information for um, tickets for the Regenerate Conference in the description here. So folks can check that out as well. And of course, don't forget about the workshop that we talked about from HMI being offered from November 7th to 11th in New Mexico. And we will also put the information for folks to grab tickets for that. So uh, thanks again, Wayne. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. It's been great talking, talking to you.